0: and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Turn in your Bibles to Micah chapter 5. Micah chapter 5. Um, if you do not have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Now, if you don't have a Bible at home, that's our gift to you. So you can have that. Uh, we want you to know today that what we're talking about is not some preacher's opinion, but the, the life-changing, game-changing Word of God. We believe that the Word of God um, is His direction to us, His heart for us. And so we want to want you to see that that's where this is coming from. Micah chapter 5. Um, and while you're turning there, I want to recap where we've been. And the very first week of Advent, we talked about what Advent is. And, and if you don't know, Advent means coming or arrival, okay? So Advent means someone has got something has come and That's what this whole season is about. This this four weeks is not just celebrating his initial coming, which is what we're celebrating this week. You realize that? It's past the lights, and and I'm sure you've heard this from a pulpit or preacher a few times, but it's about Jesus. Right? And as a Christian, we would all agree there. Um, But also, as Christians, we celebrate more than just his coming, his first coming. Advent is a time for us to look inside and get excited about his second coming. Okay, so so for the Christian, it's not just that he came and saved me. It's not that he came and he rescued me. He came and redeemed me so that I can one day be with him. This life that we're living is not permanent. Today is not permanent, which some of us would shout and say amen to that. I'm already done, ready for Christmas to be over. Here I am today. I'm about to preach about peace, and if I'm going to be transparent with you, the last 48 hours have been nothing but the devil trying to take every bit of peace I got. This preacher's up here worn out from the last 48 hours. And so I'm going to try and not come off angry. (laughs) Somebody just nudged the neighbor and said, don't come back here next week. He's 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 angst. He's making me nervous. Ain't that like the devil? Isn't it like life? And I can't help but look, I've been planning this message for at least six months. To preach on peace today. And in the last 48 hours, my wife has had some uh, cracked ribs and torn ligaments from coughing and the baby kicking around in there. Mm. I think we'll just go home. I'm just kidding. Don't you get up. You stay right there. Now, listen. Between that and look, it's no news. Any, any, uh, for anyone that's been around someone who's been pregnant, pregnancy is tough. It puts that body through a beating. Okay? You've got something. Like, I, I think Taco Bell after 9 o'clock messes me up. But my wife has a living being in here kicking around. And if you add to that the frustration of not being able to move because you have cracked ribs and some torn ligament, uh, ligaments down in here. Um, and it's just been exhausting at the house. My wife's been exhausted. I've been exhausted. My child is crazy. My my Look, I never hear from my family. Um, we talk every now and again. And... Uh, my, my family dynamics may be different than yours. Like my wife's family, they're always together. Uh, my family, we, we love each other. There's no doubt about that. But we just, we're just not around all the time. And let me tell you, the last 48 hours have just been... Whew. And I sat, you can ask my wife, I sat on our coffee table last night. And I said, how... How am I supposed to preach about peace when I don't have any? And so if you've come here today and you said, I haven't made it yet. I'm not where I need to be, Pastor. uh, I'm lacking in many areas. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm not floating on cloud nine. Well, you're in good company today. You're in good company but that first week, we talked about there's a reason we should have peace that passes all understanding. Um, someone came and changed it. Some, some, someone came and made it possible for my life to be different and, and gave us hope. Everybody say hope. And we said that hope is not based on probability but promises. And not just promises from anyone, because people can promise you things and they fall through. But but hope is built on promises that are kept. And what we celebrate in Advent is a God who keeps his promises, who cannot lie, and we can trust him. Despite my understanding, which means what I see going on around me, it means what I'm walking through currently should not determine my peace. But he who has promised me that it's going to work out, that everything's going to be okay, and that he's coming again. And the second week we said that God is at work in the mess. That his refining love is working out things in us. So when life isn't pretty... And you're like, why am I walking through this? I think God's working something out in you. It's his love for you that he, he wants your fulfillment and his glory. And then the third week, last week, we, we stepped into the already but not yet. So what does that mean? That means that in this Advent season, there's a lot of expectation. Everybody say expectation. There's a lot of expectation and there's a yearning, and all of us, when we take down the lights at the end of this week, there's, there's gonna be a, a little bit of disappointment. All of us are gonna feel it. The family's gone home, uh, the leftovers have already been eaten. My four year old has already forgotten about her presence. When this happens, there's a little bit of disappointment, and guess what? In that disappointment, we realize that there is something else coming. There's a a time coming when there will be no disappointment. Hear me correctly. There is a time coming when Christ returns for the Christian when disappointment will end. And for the non-Christian here this morning, those who are questioning, wondering if this is even a real thing, And not just something my parents or grandparents do on Sundays. If you're wondering if this is real, the hope is real. The peace is real. The promises are real. And the God we serve is real. And so today I've got to preach about peace. So I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to you. Because I'm relying on him for my own. And believe it or not, I stand here at peace. Knowing that the God of all creation, the God who spoke your life into existence, has it all under control. You hear me today? He has it under control. And so, in preparing for today, knowing that um, I'd be talking about peace or shalom. You can follow along in your notes. Micah talks a little bit about this God of peace. Um, Micah... Let me tell you a little bit about Micah. Micah lived 700 years before Jesus. 700. And he um, was going through a time where uh, life was tough. If you read through Micah, you find out all types of things. But all through the Old Testament, what you'll find is many, many prophets, many, many prophets saying, Hey, listen, there's better days coming there's better days have you ever had days that have been so uh, I'm trying to think of a term I can use in church <laughs> that have been so messed up that you're like it's something's got to be better than this yeah, these are the days Michael was living in and uh This peace that all these prophets, that that these prophets said were coming. This peace, this shalom. The Jewish people call it shalom. um, It's this rhythm. It's more than just, though, simply an absence of war or a positive state of mind. Shalom meant wholeness. Completeness through all of it. And for the... For the Jews and for you and I, listen, the hope of peace was wrapped up in this one guy coming who they called the Messiah. Now 700 years before Jesus ever showed up, they were saying this guy is going to show up and bring with him peace. Like I said, Micah lived 700 years before Jesus and he was born in a mid-sized town about 25 miles outside of Jerusalem. And if you read Micah 2 and 3, what he records is unspeakable violence and discontent and war, injustice across the board. So this guy is witnessing this, and then he'll say, But better days are coming. Someone's coming to fix this, somebody's come to put this in place. It pops up again and again. As a matter of fact, Micah 4.3 describes the coming someone as someone who judges between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. And so as I read through Micah trying to find why he kept going back to peace, it made no sense because his current situation was not peaceful. Many Christians like to quote the, you know, um, you know, God, the Holy Spirit, God brings peace that passes all understanding, and, and people outside of the church really don't know what that means. Um, but what I can tell you today is that this peace doesn't necessarily mean that what I'm walking through works out. Um so what I'm telling you is that should you decide today to accept Christ into your heart and say today's the day, I'm going, to, I'm going to choose Christ today. I'm going to follow Him. Um, you're not going to leave here and your bank account will be out of the red. Okay, that's not what happens. Um, you're not going to leave here and your marriage is restored automatically. Um, that may happen, um, but I'm here to tell you. Scripture doesn't promise roses and unicorns to the Christian. And so maybe some of you have wondered that. You've tried the Jesus thing. Well, you say you've tried. You've, you, you came to church a couple Sundays and gave it a shot. But what I mean by try is uh, you tried Jesus and then your life didn't straighten out. So you said, oh, this Jesus thing must not be real. Well, that's the wrong That's the wrong. Um, perspective to come from because um, Jesus, uh, what he brings is peace that surpasses understanding. That means despite my understanding and what I see, for some reason I'm at peace about it all. You can find testimonies throughout the congregation today of people who have been sick, marriages that have been torn apart but when Jesus enters the situation and brings peace, all of a sudden, the issues are still there, but all of a sudden they're reconcilable. I know none of you married folks ever have any issues, but I can tell you... Well, I won't do that today, baby. I love you. We what? <laughs> Don't look at me with your self righteous little grins, like y'all don't, okay, all right, whatever. But Micah's in a place where Micah remembers the promise of shalom. As he walks through and what he sees doesn't match what has been promised, he says, There's peace coming, there's better days coming. And we can all feel that to a point. We can all feel that from time to time. There's these little cracks in our hearts where we'll say, you know what? There's got to be more than this. And that is the Holy Spirit of God working something out in you, trying to point you towards him. And and as we move into chapter 5, Micah says that this peace, this Messiah is going to come quietly. Quietly. I don't know if you put much thought into it, but Micah 5 1 describes a king being publicly humiliated. So we're going to do a little bit of reading here, right here in chapter 5, and you can follow along with me. Micah chapter 5. Mobilize, marshal your troops, the enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. Verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live They're undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world. I want you to pay attention to verse five right here at the beginning. It says, And he will be the source of peace. He will be the source of peace. We see in verse 3, he describes the time when the nation would be conquered and divided. Yet into this violent and seemingly hopeless uh, situation, God will send a peace bearer. Now listen, don't fall asleep. This is good news for you. Because Jesus brings peace into bad situations. He is, hear me, he is God, and not just a God who stays aloof of your mess, but a God who sends peace into it. There are many here today, and I have had these moments where I thought my mess was too messy for God to step into. whether it was a marriage friction, whether it's trying to figure out how to raise my daughter right, whether it's friends that I had to cut loose because they weren't pushing me towards Jesus, no matter if it's family situations that I can't see how to get around. Listen, Christmas is not all um, just uh, Christmas lights and bells for everyone this time of the year. There are many of you that are with very with a lack of expectation looking forward to Christmas dinner because of the people you'll see and the tongue you're going to have to try to bite. Now, that's not always true. Some of you have all that kind of movie family get-together. But for many, this is a first Christmas without someone. Um, A chair will be empty this year for many. One that, uh, and, and this is kind of just in-house in here, so, so some of you may not understand this, but uh, we, we have a longtime member here, Anna Dorsey, who passed away. Um, and her family, right here before Christmas, is walking through Christmas without mom, grandma. She has 13 great-grandchildren. She went home to be with the Lord. Many of you knew her. Many, many in this place knew her. Um, Her services are going to be right here on January 3rd at 1 p.m. And so Christmas can be a tough place to be. Christmas can be tough to understand. Christmas can be um, a season that isn't necessarily eagerly jumped into. And your life isn't always clean. So if you've come here today, at Transformation Church, we try and create an environment where you don't have to pretend to be something you're not to come here. Because I'm not going to pretend for you, if you haven't found that, all, found that out already. This brother right here needs Jesus just as much as you do. And this, trust me, after this sermon is over, I am still pleading for his peace to overwhelm me for the next two days while I try and make it through Christmas. The peace we're aching and longing for that seems almost out of reach came in the form of a baby that had been long foretold about. When I say 700 years, you realize... You realize, when I say 700 years, that whole generations came and died waiting for this guy to come, waiting for that peace. And he came, and he came, and he came in a quiet way. He not only came, he was not born in a throne room. He was not born um, at the Ritz Carlton. He was not born to rich parents. There wasn't a big party waiting for his arrival. It wasn't in the center of town. He was born in an insignificant place to insignificant people. Now, when the announcement came, that's what I want to talk about now. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke real quick, for many of you this morning, you're like, it's about time he went to the Christmas story. Yeah, here we go. Go to to verse 8. It's all right, man. Loosen up! Loosen up! Y'all are making me work too hard this morning. And honestly, I'm just just not there. Okay. God is the source and supplier of our peace through Jesus. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And what I want to talk about now is that God revealed this big announcement One of the biggest announcements of all time to a group of shepherds. And so verse verse 8, if you want to read along, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance, the glory of the Lord, Lord's glory, surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, this peace, that Shalom, the guy everybody's been talking about for hundreds of years, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to those uh, those with whom God is pleased. I need you to understand three things about this announcement. I need to understand three things, three points today on peace. The very first one is his peace has no boundaries. His peace has no boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. This story goes off the rails from the get-go. You would think that he would send the angels To people who are paying 12% instead of 10% on their tithe. You would think that God would send angels to the elite. Like God's going to go tell the biggest people in town about what's happened. And you know that that did not happen. You know what happened? He went to the shepherds. Now some of you have heard us talk about shepherds before. Um, uh, Shepherds. And I won't go deep into it, but just a couple things. Shepherds couldn't, uh, couldn't go to court. So if someone did you wrong and you were a shepherd, you weren't trusted anyway. You were known as a liar and a thief. So these shepherds were out in the field at night watching some sheep. Anybody ever watch sheep? Sure. Waiting for a hand. No hand. He didn't go to the rich, the Tylers, the religious. Oh, I go to church every Sunday. He didn't show up to your house to tell you glory to God. You know who he showed up to? He showed off, off Jeff Davis to some folks who are just down on all their luck, leaning up against a post talking about God knows what. Look, I don't know what these shepherds were talking about. Now, look, you're like, I can't find that in the Bible. Well, it's not there. I'm just thinking about what this would have looked like. These shepherds who were rejected by all of society are doing all they can to make some money. They're leaned up against a tree. And I don't know if you've been amongst a group of guys out in the field in the middle of the night, but I can guarantee you that their conversation wasn't holy in nature, they weren't having a prayer meeting. shepherds, they couldn't go to court. They couldn't go to church. They weren't allowed in church because that's how filthy they were considered. And yet, the most important announcement ever was given to these guys in this field. You know why? The peace of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ knows no boundary. Uh Don't miss that. There is no boundary that his love won't cross for you. There is no line. There is no mess. There is no situation that his peace, love, and grace cannot get past to get to you. So he reveals it to these shepherds. In fact, once Jesus grew up, he was known for kind of hanging out with a less than appealing crowd. In fact, he got, um, in Mark 2, 15 through 17, you see him tabling. Have you ever heard of tabling? This is what they did. They would eat dinner for hours at a time. Somebody say, praise God, hallelujah. (laughs) Hours at a time. Yes, it's coming. It's coming. Two more days. And you were judged by who you tabled with. I experienced some of this in school, like like in high school, like you would get wrapped into, you know, you couldn't sit at certain tables because like you didn't want to be associated with certain people and whatnot. Um, so if you're a teenager in here, that that would kind of be what that looks like. Um, but many of you, there are people you won't go to dinner with, um, maybe for different reasons than this. But Jesus was known for being a friend of sinners. His ministry had no boundaries. And so if, so Christian, let me say this. Christian in here today, you're following the Lord. Your call today is to be a friend of sinners. I hope you know that. To bring his peace there. And if, you, if, you, if you're still on the fence about the Lord and you're like, I don't know if I want to go all in on this. Let me, let me tell you something. You want this peace. You want to know this. You want this. And you feel it. You know it. Um, the second thing, uh, his peace is accompanied by the glory of God. Everybody say, Glory. glory. As I'm trying to picture these shepherds, has, any, have anyone, has anyone in here been woke up in the middle of the night? Yeah. I'm not going to ask by what. Because I don't want to know. But it can be startling, especially if someone's yelling like someone's in the house. Like my wife will do that. She'll be like, someone's in the house. Yeah, Carl. She has to shake me hard. I, I Look, I, I have no problem sleeping. Look, even when I'm not at peace, I can sleep. As a matter of fact, I think the less peace I have, the harder I sleep. Anybody? No? Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I, I sleep. I, if I stood here long enough, I'd sleep right here. I'm tired. So I imagine these guys kind of groggy, try, trying to stay awake watching these sheep at night and this angel just shows up. right? Considering the lack of holiness that's probably going on in their conversation, if it, <laughs> I'd get nervous. And the Bible says they were scared. Everybody say scared. You know why they were scared? They were like, this is it. It's execution time. They heard what we were talking about. It's over. I'm done. Oh, you you wouldn't act that way? Yes, you would. If the Lord showed up in, if an angel of the Lord showed up in your bedroom tonight at 1 a.m., You'd be like, yep, he found me. I'm done. It's over. So they were scared. And and, and, and the angel goes, "Ah, don't be scared. Because I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. And the Bible tells us that after they gave him the good news that the, the Messiah has come, here's where you're going to find him. In verse 13, it says, suddenly the angel, just picture it, the angel was joined by an army of angels. So just imagine this angel standing here. It's probably still dark. I'm just thinking "Touch by an Angel. Anybody watch Touch by an Angel? Yeah, I love that girl. She always show up and glow. And, and, and the angel shows up, and she's glowing. And But then all of a sudden, it goes beyond that. And the clouds split open, and the glory of the Lord shows up in the middle of a field while they're just in ordinary life. After they've just found out this good news. Now listen. When you talk about the glory of the Lord, in this book, it talks about it in a couple different ways. It talks about it in a sense of beauty. Like you can see the glory of the Lord in creation. You can can see the beauty of the glory of the Lord. But whenever it's described, it's described as weighty. There's a weightiness to the glory of God. That's how the Bible describes it. And these shepherds, right where they didn't have to go to the church to get this message right where they were in the middle of their current situation. The glory of the Lord began was revealed and pressed down, and, and it gives us this picture that the glory of the Lord displaces things, and so all of a sudden. Something better had come. I think some of us in life have just given up on, a, on, on 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 any type of peace or joy or or it's just this is just life. I just need to get used to it. I, I just I just need to buck up and, and this is just how life is gonna be. I'm never going to be content. I'm never going to find this aching, this longing that I have. We try and fill it with other things, but then the glory of the Lord shows up to these shepherds and displaces their fear. People wonder, you know what happened after the angels went away? They were still shepherds. They were still watching sheep. It's not like God took them and put them in new clothes and But all of a sudden now, this Prince of Peace is something they need to go find. His peace knows no boundaries. His peace is accompanied by the glory of God. So if you're wondering how this peace thing works, it's because when you allow God's glory to displace the other things, all of a sudden you can be at peace. You understand? It's not that they go away. It's that something greater is present. I think of David and Goliath. I think, here's a great situation. Here's a, a 10-foot guy, and I'm like five five. And in this situation, this army behind this guy looks terrible, and the odds are not in my favor. But it wasn't in his situation. It was what was within. Because no matter what he was facing, Daniel and the lion's den, the story goes on and on. All through this book, you find stories where people were at peace with their current situation because they knew the glory of God, the God they served. Everything paled in comparison. The last point, the last last thing I'm going to say today is that his peace is for you. This peace that we boast about, this peace we talk about, this peace we're yearning for is for you. Hold on. Everybody in here, under my voice, poke yourself right here in the chest. Yep, you. This peace is for you. This isn't just, we oftentimes read um, um, John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that we think that, that he wasn't thinking about you today. He was thinking about you pay attention. He was thinking about you, the reason he came, the reason he brought peace, the reason he died on the cross, the reason he rose on the third day, the reason any of this happened was for you. And you think that it's an accident you came here this morning. No, God wanted you to hear today that this word as a promise from a God who does not fail, that he can bring peace. He can bring love. And look, he, you may walk out of here and still have a cough. You may walk out of here and still try and wrestle with your marriage. But listen. The God of all peace. Micah said it right here. In verse 5 he says, And he will be the source of our peace.